0: It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! (laughs) <laughs> We're weird people. Welcome to the show, everybody. What is wrong with you? Yeah, welcome to the show. This is Ears Up Podcast. Are just singing along to our own theme song? <laughs> yeah. I
1: don't
0: yeah. Know about that? I was not singing, sir. <laughs> uh, well, look. Uh, I thought I was it was singing.
2: Special.
0: It was. It was my special yes, gift was. to everybody it in the room. Sounds. <laughs> Anyway, we're here. Uh, we're ready to do some Disney radio for you guys. We really appreciate you tuning into the show today. We have a pretty good show for you. It's the return of uh, Taryn and her her like epic uh, trilogy, or even probably no, it's more. No, become even
1: more epic. Uh,
0: the History of the Walt Disney Company, Part 3. Yes. It's going to be uh it's going to be a doozy everybody. And uh she's, she's put a lot of work into these shows and I look forward to them. Um I'm sure that everybody does. Right turn.
1: I, w- I hope so. Otherwise, what am I doing this
0: for? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> for our personal amusement. Uh, find us on iTunes. Rate us on iTunes, please. That would be great. Uh, tune in radio, Stitcher, uh, anywhere that you can rate us and listen to us. Do both of those things, please. Turn your friends on to us. That would be really cool. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. You can send feedback of the show if you have any feedback on this lovely piece of radio you're about to listen to. Send it to Taryn at earsup-podcast.com. You can send compliments to that. T-E-R-R-E-N-C-E at com. You can say hi. Hi. <laughs> oh, <my God.
3: laughs> Two
0: mouthful of cheese and crackers. Hi.
2: It was an almond. That was amazing. I can chew it fast. Sorry.
0: Well... <laughs> Pretty good. It's like she did another hi. show was starting five minutes ago. Um, yeah, I just like cheese. <laughs> say hi to Bev at earsup com. Anything else comes to me, that's Jason at earsup com. Support us, please. Uh, this is uh, fun for us to do, but, uh, you know, take some time, so we'd really appreciate a little bit of, a, a little bit of green. You know what I'm trying to say? I'm
4: going to say something real quick. So, yeah, man. Um, I go to uh, Noah's Bagels quite often, <laughs> okay. And, okay. They, and the people there know me. Like they know me. Like the first few times I went there, they would ask my name. Yeah, and I would say Terrence. Would you? Oh, so you? You're? Are you done giving fake names? No, no, no. I just wasn't thinking about it. So I said Terrence, and so I'm Terrence there. I'm I'm me. And so I walk in, and they're like, "Hey "Hey, Terrence, how are you?" I'm like, "Good." You know, have the usual. Have the usual. I never look at my receipt except for today. Yeah. Terrence apparently is spelled T-R-N-C-E. Is Trent's. it it might be abbreviated. It
1: might Trent's.
4: be ab- abbreviated. Trent's. No, they type it in. They type the whole thing in. It was T R N C E. Yeah. Turnts. Turns. Turnt. Turns. Turns. That would be your garbage pail, kid. Turnt, turnt. At least you got a vowel <laughs> in there. I mean that's good. It was it was, that was like <laughs>
0: pretty classy. Huh. Terns. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, that's all right. Um, it's a good segment. <laughs> I bet it's just. I bet. I bet it's just. Uh, you know, high, uh, abbreviated so they don't have to type in your name. It's just whatever. You know what I mean? No. You should ask. Do we ever ask them next
4: time? Like, no. ask them. Like, what We've does this mean?
2: Are near each other? Maybe they just missed.
4: No, because I've told them my name the first few times, yeah. and I said Terrence spelled out.
0: Right, but I think maybe it was this dude just abbreviating. Ask us next time. Because I, I really want to know, actually, okay. for I'll some reason. Out. I'm a weird guy. Uh, support us, uh, via our Amazon link. Go to com and, uh, click on the Amazon link and then do all your Amazon shopping from, uh, from that link, please. Actually, just bookmark that link and then you don't have to type in Amazon anymore. It's already your bookmark. We get a little kickback from Amazon for turning them on to you or turning you on to them or whatever. Uh, you can also sign up to be a donor, a reoccurring donor or a one-time donor via PayPal. That, that really helps out. A lot of you guys are doing that, and uh, it really actually honestly helps out a lot. You can also buy coveyors. Go to com and learn how to customize your Disney hat for your next awesome vacation in the parks. Uh, we have a page on our website called the About Us page, and then underneath there, there's a a whole bunch of people called the Friends of Ears Up, and you'll find people like uh, our friend Pushy Jack, our friend Pink Bunny. No, Pink Bunny's not on there, but we should put her on there. Uh, Jeremy from Spectral Radio. Um, Just all sorts of people who help us put the show on and and who are important people to us. So uh, if you you can support them, if they have anything to offer, then uh, that would be really great. Uh, Speaking of Pink Bunny, it's still not too late uh, to go to the parks. So Pink Bunny uh, on Twitter, at at PinkBunnyR, follow her. She creates every year a list, a map even, of all of the pumpkin treats in DCA and Disneyland.
1: Pretty awesome.
0: Right? So if you're into that kind of stuff, if you're into, and I think she does it for Christmas, too, I believe. And uh, I don't think they do anything for Easter, but maybe. Anyway, but all that kind of stuff, she puts on, uh, she, she throws a map together. That's awesome. It's really cool. So check that out. Okay, so um, it's going to be a rambling start, and I hope you guys don't mind. So we've been talking uh, in, in between us uh, uh, people here on the show about our upcoming 100th show. This is show number seventy. 5. Mhm. Okay, so we have 35 more shows to
4: 25. 25 more <laughs> shows to get through. Uh, I'm sure? Yeah, yes. 75 plus 25 is 100.
2: A right, quarter. Get, yeah, okay. 50, 75 100. Okay. Yeah. That was
1: that was like that was like near this status.
4: Like, <laughs> <laughs> near you and Bev. Yeah. I am like, sitting
0: a little closer to you than I normally do yeah, and I feel that was, like uh, uh Yeah.
1: I don't like that that side of you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't like my your side. Yeah. No. Okay. God, got it. Um, so it's twenty five shows away, and and I think by Taryn's math, which we don't, you know, we already know how suspect that is. It's going to be sometime maybe November next November. Yeah, no,
1: yeah. Uh, late October, early like right now. Okay. But next year.
0: So if you have any ideas, anything cool you want us to do, that would be great. But we're kind of sort of. Lightly talking about doing a live show somewhere around near the park.
4: Yes, please.
0: Maybe in some place in downtown Disney, but that has to be approved by Disney because Disney owns all that stuff. But there might be a place in LA we could use, or in Anaheim, surrounding area. Maybe I don't. I don't really know. Um, by then, we'll have a new studio, so I can, it's easier to bring all our our equipment down, and we might actually. I don't know. We, 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 I, I just, I don't. I Look, I know people like the show. I know people listen to the show. We have a decent amount of listeners. But I just don't know if anybody would care to come in and watch us do the show as we have Vince in here who's a listener watching us do the show.
3: Exactly. Vince, do you care? I do care. All right. It's an awesome show. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm, I knew he was going to say gonna, that. Gonna, I asked for a reason. I'm going to float an idea uh, across the street as Garden Walk, and there's all kinds of stuff over there.
2: Oh, that's true.
4: could do that, too. That's true. I think that mm-hmm. if um, if we're like, hey, we're going to record from beautiful Concord, California, and come out for the 100th, yeah. it's not going to happen. If we're like, hey, we're going to be in downtown Disney or near Disney and take a Disney trip as well. I think you get people who would do a vacation to go out for that. And you give them
1: six months' note. You know, like, we, we
0: yeah. plan this ahead of and time. A, yeah. And I, I th- that's probably a, a personality quirk, <laughs> if you want to call it that, of mine, where I just don't think anybody would care enough or
4: anybody would show up. I think they would, but we'd have to be okay mm, that's with, my like, problem. You know, hanging out with people.
0: I, which is fine. <laughs> just, I'm gr- I'm great at that. Saying. I'm
4: so great at that. But my
0: here, here's my problem. If we spend a bunch of money, rent a spot, and, like, Vince shows up. <laughs> and that's it. It'd be worth it. I would show up. Thank you.
3: <laughs> I just got a passport, so I would. I nice.
0: <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like like two people show up. I, think, I just use Vince because he's right here. No, I know. I think we get the L.A. LA people. And he's sure. a Sharks fan, so he's used to getting beat up. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Blobber says he'll be there.
0: See, yeah, well, that's a lie. Yeah, I no. probably. That's like saying push will come to our <laughs> yeah. Christmas party. No,
1: that's a lie.
0: Um, flagrant lie. I just, you know, then that's what that's what worries me because I feel like like shows that do that, we're like, i we're gonna go record, come out and hang out with us. Like, how many people would? I just, I don't know. I, I don't think know. that we
4: can push forward to see if we can do something like that. Um, yeah. I think that when this show's released. We'll get some feedback as to whether or not people. I mean, that's maybe something we can ask. Yeah, on tell Facebook. Us
1: honestly. Like, would you would you do like if we were to do something like that near the park? Would yes. you come out?
0: Please send would me you an email. Plan a trip around it and let me know. Like, we're like seriously in the preliminary preliminary stages, right. Of that, we're pre preliminary. Yes, pre. Uh, just talking about it right now, um, but it could be you know, look, it could be pretty cool. I think so. So, but also could be pretty lonely. <laughs> Uh, Let's do some feedback. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to read the feedback since this is uh, Taryn's uh, show, their history of show. Um, Yeah, you guys are lucky. Uh, This one is from Mia, uh, or it it might be Maya. I have no idea. Uh, Hey, guys, I wrote on the topic of disability lines, and I was super happy to hear the discussion. Excuse me, you guys had. What I wrote ended up sounding a little harsher than I meant it to, but either way, uh, your response was great uh also thank you dan for writing a more eloquent version of what i was trying to say uh lol she says turns out i wrote the word disabilities more times than i needed to
1: Uh,
0: turns out uh, on a side note i appreciate the realness you all especially jason bring to the show about stuff that sucks at disneyland Uh, can't have the good without the bad also thor sucks thanks again mia well i appreciate that mia and uh you know, look, uh, I, I'm an acquired taste. You know what I mean? Uh, but look, sometimes stuff just isn't kind of cool, and you got to <laughs> talk about it because otherwise, it's real boring. Uh, this is from someone called Vi- Vincey, <laughs> uh, Vanessa, Vin- 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 Vince. Oh, it's you.
3: That would be me. Oh
0: man. Uh, he says, "I'm a new listener, and Jason is super handsome."
3: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> He doesn't look as bald in person. Now <laughs> he goes. I'm a new listener, and I've been catching. I've been trying to catch up on past episodes, so forgive my referencing old information. Sorry for the long email, but there is a reward at the bottom for Jason as well as anyone else in the studio. I recently listened to your episode regarding attractions never built, and during the Terren's Stinks Terren's Think section, she commented on omitting history from school as history is made every day. As someone who studied history, she's not far off about history classes catering and limiting studies to just the most relevant events. Students are missing out on so much great and useful info. So, Taryn, here's some great reading for you. Uh, it's called Don't Know Much About History by Kenneth Davis, The Greatest Stories Never Told by Rick Beyer, Disneyland Encyclopedia. Secondly, uh, Disneyland Encyclopedia, I think there should be a period there probably. Uh, secondly, there have been a few comments about the San Diego Zoo. Uh, I live I lived in San Diego for 10 years <laughs> and went to many uh, went many many times. Let me God, I got to feel like Taren, dude, I, you know what the problem with your reading is, Taren? Your font is so condensed and co- and connected like I'm mm. reading other lines at the same time. We got to go work that out.
2: It's the font's fault. It's not that you just can't It's read. the font's fault. Hey. hey.
0: <laughs> it really is like I you know, I I considered myself to be a a, a pseudo okay reader and I'm having a hard time reading this paragraph
1: interesting yeah. maybe i'll try and change my
0: font we should work on that because it's like yeah. look at that terrence i mean that's just cool. like a ucp upc code of yeah. like lines right really <clears throat> yeah i, that's I think difficult
4: it's difficult to look at the huh. read. yeah
1: what do you guys use
0: i mean the the the, the area whatever blank. 12 always Eight. but all black <laughs> <laughs> um i've lived now. in san diego for 10 years and went many many times let me finally put this situation to bed for everyone there are actually two parks And I think there's some confusion regarding them. The first park is the San Diego Zoo. The zoo is awesome. However, it's a glorified huge zoo. Very fun and a lot of walking. This park is in downtown San Diego. The second park is in the San Diego uh, Serafi Park. Safari Park. Uh, This park is in Escondido, approximately 30 minutes north of downtown San Diego, one hour south of Disney. Uh, This park is even bigger than the zoo and is also a zoo. (laughs) It's a
3: zoo, but a zoo. They need it, they need it too.
0: They need it, too. They, need it. they have so many animals in captivity. Absolutely. Uh, but also has a safari component as its main attraction. I guess a lot, yeah, you you, know, you say this right here, similar to Disney World. Uh, the big deal about them is that both the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Safari Park, I guess, lead the world in animal breeding, land conservation, and animal protections. Oh, that's cool. I believe they also have one of the biggest native and exotic plant populations for zoos around the world. I strongly recommend visiting them at least once in your life. Lastly, as I now have heard that you allow guests in your studio during your podcast, let everyone know that I hope to attend soon. Everyone, Vince, may or may not show up here tonight. So. <laughs> I'm trying to find Gordon Biersch's San Diego or San Jose Sharks Chum Beer to bring in for Jason and everyone limited release really so far. Hope to meet all of you soon. Keep up the awesome work. You guys rock Go Sharks. P.S. If possible, please send me an email. Blah blah. Uh, well, no chum beer, but we did get Cole's Disney Sumsums. I got a Boba Fett. So thank you, Vince. Mm-hmm. Appreciate hey, that. By
3: the way, also when I originally wrote that email, Chum was in a very limited distribution, only in San Jose. Yeah. But now it is in Concord in two spots.
0: God, so chum is you know yeah,
3: Gordon
2: Beers,
0: paired up with San Jose Sharks. Awful name, awful name. I get it. It's the Sharks, chum, but it just it does not make me want to drink that beer. Mm-mm.
1: Nope. <laughs> Sounds gross.
0: I mean, you might as well call it like farts or something. It just it's not appetizing. Uh, <clears throat> this is f- from Byron. Wow, this is a big this is a big email. Yeah,
4: He's I a didn't, four paragraphs.
1: Have time.
0: All right, here we go, fellas. Uh, Byron, I just finished listening to the October 4th show, and I wanted to let you know that your interview with Imagineer Kyle was insightful and extremely interesting. Excuse me, extremely entertaining. I'm a SoCal expat who lives on the East Coast now, but grew up visiting Disneyland. I've always been fascinated by the -the behind-the-scenes aspect of the park, and your show today was no exception. Having said that... (laughs) Which is always good. I wanted to throw my two cents in on your comments during the news story from this episode about Disney requiring kids to use their fingerprints to gain entry to the park. You guys had stated that you could not understand why anyone would get upset about the policy change. As someone who just returned from the visit to Disney World Resort in Florida and experienced this policy firsthand, I wanted to share with you my thoughts. I could give a churro less if Disney has my or my my children's fingerprints on file. Our biggest issue was that my kids, who were four and six, could never remember which fingers they used on the first day because, obviously, they're four and six years old. <laughs> Even when we did figure out which finger to use the reader, uh, the reader could never capture the print as their fingers were so small... This would grind the entry line to a halt and delay not only my family but any poor unfortunate souls who happened to be stuck in line behind us. We would then have to wait for a guest services cast member to assist us who would have our children try again to no avail before they were eventually able to override needing prints. On our last, our next to last day, they eventually took pictures of our kids to pair with their, with their admission passes. We thought this would eliminate the issue, but lo and behold, those same guest services cast members were the only ones who had access to the picture. So, yes, we still had to hold up the line and to wait for them to become available. This aggravation, while temporary, felt needless and was not all the way uh, the best to start our day in the park. While I appreciate Disney's need to prevent fraud, we're talking about a price difference of $6 between an adult and a child's ticket, which is a crime in and of itself, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully, Disney can work the kinks by increasing the minimum fingerprinting age which I never thought that would ever be a sentence I would have to read, (laughs) Uh, or allowing the turnstile cast members to override this is not an experience I'm looking forward on our next trip. Anyway, thanks for letting me vent. Keep up the fantastic podcasting. Fantastic. And thank you, Jason, Terrence, Taryn, and, of course, Bev, for volunteering your time and energy to put together such an insightful and funny show. Sincerely, Byron from Philadelphia Pa. Thank you, Byron. Um, Okay. Oh no! I did want to talk about. Uh, Tara and I recently went to Hawaii, mm. and she's nice. she's drowning right now. I think is what she was doing, or was that the, was that a lei or luau or whatever? Uh, Hula. Hula. Thank you. Um, and so we stayed in Koalina, which is where Disney's Alani is. And we didn't stay at Alani because nobody has eight million dollars a no. night to stay there. Uh, but we did go over there for drinks uh, and just I don't know. We just wanted to mention it, it was pretty rad. I mean, it's, it's really well done. We walked, done. Around, we walked nice. around in there, so we stayed at the Marriott uh, Beach Club or whatever, which sounds posher than it is. Um,
2: it was pretty posh.
0: It's pretty posh, and I'm uh, <laughs> not gonna lie. So donate your money now.
2: <laughs> no, I'm kidding.
1: No, it was walking distance though to Alani.
0: It was, was walking nice. distance, so we're like, well let's go over there and check it out. And it was interesting because um you know, we're in just a normal like hotel, right? Like a like a resort hotel, mm-hmm. everything just kinda looks like a hotel. It's just the different colors and whatever, right? Right. But you hit Alani and it's like so they these 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 four resorts are kind of linked by this path that runs between the the back of the resorts and and the beach or the lagoons they like man made lagoons or okay. whatever, uh, and you hit that gate to get into Alani, and it's like instant Disney. Huh. It's it's the like a wooden gate but it's worn out and you know how the, like the the fake wood and like <laughs> Frontierland gets worn out and it's that kind of resin yeah. color underneath. Yeah, it's like the wood color then that white kind of border then the res. That was the, their gate and it was like. Wow. We're in Disneyland yeah. <laughs> and it totally, it, honestly, it took me out of the fact I'm in Hawaii. I've never been in Hawaii. It was our, it was oh, our anniversary okay. trip. And right. it was like, we were trying to do something special, which is fine. Um, but it was just weird. It was a weird experience to be there. It's not in Disneyland, but surrounded by, and everyone that was uh, the cast member outfits were very Disney. The, they all had name tags. Mm-hmm. They had all matching, of course. All matchy matchy. Uh, I will say, in the center, they have a giant lazy river,
1: which was which I think
0: every hotel in Hawaii should have a lazy river. Ours did not have a lazy river. Could have used it. Totally could have used it because we got really lazy. And the inside was really cool. I, I don't even know how to describe it. It wasn't very fancy. Uh, it was it was really well done.
1: It reminded very me a Polynesian. lot of the Polynesian hotel.
0: Yeah, but not as like retro 70s yeah. like the Polynesian is, but it was very uh I don't know, I just uh, it's is hard a to describe. Like
1: it's very elegant but very Disney. Like there's no there's no playing around with the fact that you're at a Disney Place.
0: Yeah, so so they do have like a shuttle that kind of goes around to all the resorts and then to the, uh, what do they call it, the station that's kind of sort of in the middle. Uh, they have a big golf course, whatever, but mm-hmm. a station, there's um, a bar and a, couple, a bunch of restaurants and a grocery store, the ABC store they have over there. And, um... Why is that funny? <laughs> they just have them it's everywhere. On every that's right, yeah. And uh, so the first time we kind of pulled up, we were riding the shuttle, and we pull up and the guy's like, okay, Alani, and then we're driving up the, like, the ramp or whatever and it's it's very clear that it's Disney because it's uh Disney's use of layers of of foliage, of trees and bushes right. and stuff like that. Everywhere else it's more manicured and more um more uh, i don't don't want i don't want to say exact but i guess it's exact where there's like some space in between stuff right but at alani it's like there's the big like banana leaves and then there's the uh um um, like birds of paradise right in front of it and there's lower thing and it's very staged and very like let's hide the fact that this is a building and make it look uh it was kind of cool but
1: and the tiki torches are lit like constantly yeah Yeah. Yeah.
0: right uh kind of cool but kind of out of place it was very weird. I don't know. I liked it. It was neat. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would have been worth $500 a night. No,
1: I was honestly glad we didn't stay there. Like, yeah. I, I, we saw Goofy and Daisy and, and I think Minnie or something. Or whatever, yeah. And mm-hmm. when I saw them, and I don't know if it's just because we're kind of like, we didn't go to Disneyland for our anniversary, like, that I, yeah. I was just kind of like, let's go back to our pl-. Like, I don't know. There was something about just like... This was the one vacation we were taking without Disney,
2: <laughs> and then, is and then there.
1: there was still Disney. This is, why we,
0: this is why we got rid of our annual passes, to be able to afford to go to places we'd never been before. And, and yeah. it, it was just... I don't know. There's something... Okay. You're, you're on an island. You're on a secluded part of the island, and you're kind of just hanging out, doing your thing, and then there's, like, Minnie Mouse. It, it was bizarre. <laughs> it was like a,
4: a you-don't-belong-here kind of a feeling. Kind right? of. Yeah. No, well, their drinks and
1: stuff were really good, though. Like, they... We went... Um, We went to one bar during the day after we went uh, snorkeling in their lagoon, which Mm -hmm. was kind of cool because they're just free for everybody, you know, so you can go anywhere. Um, And then we went a few days later uh, at night to their lounge kind of area and they had like a band playing Mm -hmm. and it was actually really nice.
0: It was awesome. It was really, it was really cool. cool. Yeah, it was really neat.
1: Yeah, and the the drinks are very, very Carthay Lounge, mm-hmm. like pretty much the same menu, different names, kind of thing.
4: Okay. Um,
1: although they're like except with a mai tai, of course. Right. Like, but very much that kind of vibe. But it was it was really neat. Um,
0: it was weird because uh, so on the drink menu you can get any drink in a hollowed out, uh, pineapple, for nine extra dollars. Oh, but at Disney World, and like the Polynesian at the Trader Sams there or whatever right. that's called the Lapu Lapu, and it's just a drink, and right. that's it. I don't <laughs> think it's worth nine dollars. maybe the Lapu lapu was like twenty bucks oh
1: no it was it was expensive, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, oh, okay, somebody maybe bought it for that.
1: us, so. We didn't really know. (laughs) Our friend Theo. Yeah,
0: he was really
1: nice. But I think they were really expensive there.
0: Yeah. I mean, so, okay, so I guess without having kids, without having stayed there, I liked the resort. I think it's cool if you have kids that want to do the Disney thing and you still want to do the tropical vacation thing. I guess it's a perfect blend. It
1: kind of was. They have a lazy
0: river and a couple what seemed like good restaurants. The restaurants, to me, what I didn't like about Hawaii was where we were, everything was like highbrow food. And all I wanted to find was like a spam and eggs yeah and like there was no spam anywhere no it was really
1: hard to find spam i was maybe so it's a little
0: stereotypical of me to like assume no. that everything would have spam in it but
1: i don't think so
0: i don't know it was weird it was like everything had foam on it and everything had like mm-hmm. you know it was like crostinis with foam and <laughs> you know essences of a mango foam it's
1: fancy it was our first time at a resort i'm like dude oh,
0: okay come on <laughs> yeah it was weird
2: it could be that venture out Yes, at all?
0: Yeah, we yeah we did the whole thing, um, and and we we, we found it. But it was just to me, it was weird. Like you're you're going to Hawaii on vacation. Why would you go eat at fancy restaurants that you can kind of just eat anywhere at fancy restaurants? Maybe I'm not thinking. I don't really eat at fancy restaurants. Yeah, it's a
4: local flair if you're going to be there.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, right. That's exactly what it's like. I'm going to Hawaii. I want I want some local cuisine. What 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 does everybody eat? Like I want some sort of island. Like, dish. I don't want, like, salmon.
4: Becca, like, oh, here's a here's a, a macadamia nut-encrusted salmon for $89. No. One place that Becca and I went on our honeymoon, and it was the first day, because we went to um, Oahu as well, yeah. and uh, well, then we didn't do this again. She wanted to go to uh, CPK, <laughs> the California Pizza Kitchen. I'm like, there's one in Walnut Creek. Like, we're not. <laughs> right. And so we had it, and after that, we just went to all the little hole-in-the-wall places. Yeah, and checked stuff, And that was great. Yeah. I loved that. There's no point in Going all the way over there to eat what you can yeah. drive five miles here to right. go to. I mean,
0: it, sense. And and then maybe it's uh, maybe it's us because we're spoiled brats, but we live so close to the city and, and kinda everywhere mm-hmm. you look mm-hmm. now there's uh foam encrusted whatever. Like that's right. just kind of like how cuisine kinda can get. Right. So wh- but why not like bring some of the island to the resort, excuse me, where you are, right? Yeah, like I completely I, agree with uh, you. Anyway. I do.
1: It was a little strange, but it was um, it was a great trip. And honestly, yeah. Alani looked really cool. I I'm mm-hmm. personally glad we didn't stay there, but I can definitely see why people stay there. Yeah. It it was really nice.
0: Yeah, looked cool. All right, Taryn, you ready to take us through the history of the Walt Disney Company, part three?
1: I believe so. All okay, right. so this was <laughs> ori- this was originally supposed to be a three part series, um, but we are only going to go through 1989 today. Uh, last time we stopped at 1965. So, this is the history of the Disney Company, part three, 1965 to 1989. Or, as I like to call it, I got 99 problems and the world is one. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Our story. (laughs) You'll see why.
4: Okay. Two shows in a row with a Jay Z reference. I love it. (laughs) Go on. Um, Okay. So, we're going to start in
1: 1965. Walt uh, announces his newest project. Walt Disney World. Um, he was determined to build on the East Coast after uh, survey results showed him that only about 2% of Disneyland visitors traveled from east of the Mississippi.
0: Can I interrupt you for a second? Sure. Because I just want to talk about the chat room real fast. Okay. Uh, Dan Shaw has finally found a friend to talk about the uh, <laughs> that terrible <laughs> album oh, he wants you. us to get to. Oh, man. Uh, what was it called? I hope he hears this. He's listening right yeah, he's now. I know. He's, he's in listening. the chat room right now. He's talking. So he's t- he's rapping with Jeremy, and he's like. Uh, Stay awake. Stay awake, yeah. He's like, I need validation that I'm not insane. And Jeremy's and like, oh,
4: yeah, for sure. And I'm like, you guys are geeks. I just And Jeremy was saying, he, you said you lost uh, a bid for that on eBay, and it's found it on Target.com for like <laughs> uh, like 11 bucks. Well, I think if Jeremy
0: wants to give it, he, want, he would probably want like a, like a crisp vinyl or something okay, like that. Okay, I'm just yeah. saying, dude. Yeah, a right. local target. Sorry, I, it was too <laughs> funny to to not mention. That's funny. You got to join the chat room when we're doing these when they were doing these things. People have a good time.
1: Okay, uh, can we do this now?
0: Yeah, go okay. for it. So
1: it's 1965. Uh, Walt did a survey. It told him that uh, there is only uh, only about two percent of Disneyland visitors travel from east of the Mississippi. So he's missing out on a huge chunk of of the United States. Walt and his associates considered building uh, Disney World in Niagara Falls, but ultimately nixed it because of the frigid winters. Just wasn't going to be workable for uh, his vision. Um, uh Uh-oh. So he had his eye on Florida because uh, the swampland there was extremely cheap.
0: (laughs) Because no one wants Florida. Right,
1: uh, pretty much. Um, So he actually took a plane and flew over the state to scout locations. And at one point, he looked down and saw this plot of land where... The uh, under-construction Interstate Four was going to cross the Florida Turnpike, and he knew that was his spot. The crossing uh, point of two major thoroughways, plus the nearby airport, would make for easy access to his park. It was, it was just brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, there was another dilemma. Uh, Walt had a feeling that if he started making inquiries about buying uh, land under his own name, this would be uh, this would be insanely cheap swamp land. Price of. About $180 an acre would likely skyrocket. Mm -hmm. Um, So to avoid this price gouging, he created a number of fake companies and purchased the land under their names instead. These companies were, of course, all owned by the Walt Disney Company, but doing business under different names, such as uh, Compass East Corporation, Latin America Development and Management Corporation, (laughs) I-4 Corporation... Uh, Tomahawk Properties, Reedy Creek Ranch, and Bay Lake Properties.
4: Is that is that illegal? <laughs> I uh, don't know because uh, uh, it's
1: not illegal because he wasn't doing anything wrong. He just was he was protecting himself, but because he was he he made it all legal. He was doing business as all these things. Yeah, and so it it had to have said that on there okay. somewhere. I'm guessing. I a, don't know.
4: A company uh, a company I used to work for, uh, we had one company and we started receiving product from companies with you know different names on it and it turns out we owned all those companies (laughs) but I didn't know that as a manager there And eventually um, we started um, undercutting ourselves with selling to the military, the military, because we we had military contracts like, oh, you don't want to buy from us? Well, buy from this other company, then we'll recommend them. And we own that. So, yeah, the CEO of the company's in jail right now. So when I hear that, I'm like, "Eh, sounds a little. Well, this is also
1: 1965. Oh, that's true. That's true. It, it might be illegal now. Okay, <laughs> well,
0: and I think it
4: was. Uh,
0: correct me if I'm wrong. Tim, you might get to, it, but uh, I think it was to buy some stuff without people knowing about
4: right. exactly. it. Yeah, because the, the price of the land would skyrocket. Yeah. Oh, the, for they, sure, yeah. right?
1: Well, yeah. That was the, from what I saw. The main reason was to keep that price where it should be, as opposed to where it would be. Right. If they knew it was Disney.
0: Well, Uncle Moneybags coming through.
1: Right. Exactly. Uncle Sam is here in Florida. Oh my gosh, I can't do that. That's annoying. Okay, sorry. Um so Disney ended up buying approximately 27,000 acres. That's 1500 white houses.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Um,
1: for about 5 million dollars, which averages out to about $183 an acre. A total steal. Wow.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um on November 15th, 1965, uh, Walt, his brother Roy, and Florida Governor Hayden Burns held a press conference announcing to reporters that Disney was planning on building a second Disneyland-type amusement park and a city of tomorrow um, on this new land. This announcement immediately skyrocketed adjacent land parcels to $1,000 an acre. Yep. <laughs> so he was right. <laughs> he was smart to do what he did. Yeah. Um, so much of the purchased property was swampland. And completely unsuitable for construction. Uh, roads, sewage treatment, and water management were all necessary before any actual construction could could even begin to take place. So on March 11, 1966, the landowners, who of course were all owned by Walt Disney Company, petitioned the county for the creation of the Reedy Creek Drainage District. Walt understood that it was unrealistic to expect Orange County or its taxpayers to pay for this project, and the company didn't have that kind of capital. So Disney petitioned uh, to the state and was granted permission to create the Reedy Creek Drainage District, uh, which was incorporated on May 13, 1966. This allowed the company to sell tax-exempt bonds to pay for the infrastructure for Walt Disney World. So he basically got... I this took me a while to kind of grasp but he got the 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 state to agree to create this drainage district so that he could go in and and fix all the like the drainage and the all that stuff hmm. under this company um and pay for it with tax exempt bonds Does that make sense? Sort of So he basically created like a nonprofit? Is that exactly in a way, right? is that yeah. What that is? In a way. So he couldn't afford it and he wasn't going to have the state pay for it? So he petitioned to get permission to create this Reddy Creek, Reddy Creek uh, drainage district, and um, and so that allowed the company to sell tax exempt bonds. So they were still, okay. they were selling bonds to create this thing. Okay. This this happened all the time back then. I don't think it happens as often today, but
0: it sounds real shady.
1: It does sound a little. But shady. I'm pretty
0: dumb, so you don't hear
1: gets, the words tax exempt. Oh, too it gets so much shadier. <laughs> Um, so, with this title of the Drainage District came power. The property owners, all Disney, now had the power to condemn and acquire property outside of its boundaries, quote-unquote, for public use. Uh, they appear to have used this power at least once to obtain uh, a bordering land, which subsequently ended up being used for a non-Disney resort anyway. But, whatever. Uh, at this point, uh, Walt Disney is in pre-construction of his actual project, and just dealing with the swampland that he's purchased. He knew that in order to build his theme park and the the city of tomorrow, he would need even more independence. Therefore, the Disney company petitioned the Florida State Legislator for the creation of the Reedy Creek Improvement District, the RCID.
0: Is that the the 12th district? Is that where Katniss is?
4: (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay.
1: So he... <laughs> sorry, Taryn.
4: That's sorry. sorry. I'm not That's sorry. Right. No, you don't have to be. Never sorry.
1: Sometimes you should be. <laughs> uh, Maybe. So he petitioned uh, to get the Reedy Creek Improvement District, the RCID, the City of Bay Lakes, and the City of Reedy Creek created. None of these things existed. My God. Uh, the district... Uh, so... If this district was approved, it would have almost total autonomy within its borders. So services like land use regulation and planning, building codes, surface water control, drainage, waste treatment, utilities, roads, bridges, fire protection, emergency medical services, and environmental services would all be overseen by the district, which Disney would own.
0: Okay, so let me Okay, so let me see if, and, and you may not know this, but, but, you know, let me see if I can get it straight. So there was Swamp. Mm-hmm. And in order for Disney to build what he wanted to build, it would need to be essentially, effectively, a city. It would need to have its own sewer system and it would need to have its own it, this it and all need that. To.
1: I mean, well, yes, but he yeah. didn't have to own it.
0: Yeah. You can just talk, Bev. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> That's okay. Well, you did. Um, but he would have to, oh, right. But but I think it would need to to, to, to be that way. So he, he would create these municipalities and these things. <laughs> God, I hate you so much, Beverly. Um, he, he had to create all of these municipalities in order to control the things that he was about to build. So it yeah. was like groundwork for the groundwork kind of a thing. Yeah, it
1: was groundwork for him to have... It was also going to make it a lot easier for him to do all this stuff because he wouldn't have to go through the city, the current city.
0: Right.
3: He
1: would just have to go through himself.
3: It's easier to – my understanding was that it's – as a business, you have to go through the state regulations Or if he essentially founded a city, then they could just do all of their own things within the city. Okay. So it brought all the control in-house.
0: Okay. Yeah. And all the land wasn't in a city necessarily at that point?
3: No. It was was all annexed. Just
0: county land or whatever. Like yeah, so
3: okay. instead of being a business running it, they said, "Well, let's become a town, more or less." Right. And then we can control all these things, and we don't have to get the state oh, okay. to do it. Oh, okay. A commune. All right.
1: So there's more to this story, but um, so they would have, they would, if this were to to be approved, they would have um that control over all those things I mentioned, environmental services, fire protection, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And actually, the only areas where the district had to submit to the county and state would be property taxes and elevator inspections. Otherwise, they would have full reign. So this seems completely crazy, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Why would the state of Florida agree to give a corporation this level of governmental control? Well, the answer essentially is Epcot. Uh, Walt's original vision for Epcot was to be a model uh, utopian community. It, was, uh, it would be home to 20,000 residents and a test bed for city planning and organization. I love beds. It was to be built in the shape of a circle with businesses and commercial areas at its center with community buildings, schools, and recreational complexes around it while residential neighborhoods uh, would line the perimeter. Transportation would be provided by monorails and people movers, while all automobile traffic would be kept underground, leaving pedestrians safe above ground.
0: Why can't this happen somewhere?
1: (laughs) Because that's crazy. Is it? That's crazy. It didn't even happen here.
0: I know. Why can't it, though? Let's turn Concord into Epcot. Nah, bruh. Why not? Just level the whole place.
1: (laughs) Concord's not a circle. It can be. So, be So with this vision, control over the proposed RCID the district that he's trying to plan, okay. um, is vested in the landowners of the district. And the promise of an actual city in the district would mean that power—that the powers of the RCID would be distributed among the landowners in Epcot. So the city is like, or the the state uh, and county are like, okay, that sounds like a plan. You're building a city. That yeah. makes sense. Okay. Um, I kind of am jumping around here a little bit, so I apologize. But So on December 15th, this was only a month later, um, in 1966 uh maybe it wasn't i don't know, whatever um our fearless leader walt disney passes away we all know this already um roy actually at this right. point postponed his retirement to oversee the 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 construction of walt disney world in his brother's absence and one of the first directives that the building of uh one of his first directives was that the building of epcot was to be put on permanent hold to focus only on the magic kingdom two hotels and support facilities which <laughs>
0: with with Walt's like infamous cough right before he kind of died, you'd think the last thing anybody would be doing is retiring. What do you mean? Because he had lung cancer. Oh. And so he had like this nasty cough. Yeah. I, if I was his brother, I'd be like, mm, I'd see the writing on the walls. But why would you be retiring?
1: Mm. Well, he didn't.
0: I know, but oh. he, was, he was. You was said he postponed it, it yeah. right? Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, he's a lot older than him, too. Mm. Um.
0: Sorry, I keep doing that too. Go ahead. That's Terry.
1: okay. Um so with Epcot on hold, Roy still wanted Walt Disney World to be self-governing. So the postponement, quote unquote, of Epcot was not public knowledge. In fact, Roy essentially threatened lawmakers saying that the company could easily walk away from Florida from the Florida project and sell their newly acquired land for a very large profit if certain demands weren't met. Oh. Um on May 12, 1967, the RCID, the City of Bay Lakes, and the City of Reedy Creek were all officially established by the state of Florida. And finally, construction of Walt Disney World could begin. So, uh, next up, during the 1960s, uh, during the same time, Walt Disney wasn't only focused on building Walt Disney World. He had recently become fascinated with snow skiing. And he decided to build a ski resort, of
0: course. Naturally. Why wouldn't you?
1: (laughs) Exactly. Uh, He wanted to build a resort uh, basically dead center in the middle of California, uh, about uh, southeast of Fresno in the Mineral King Valley, which was approximately seven miles long and one mile wide.
0: Uh, Does it snow?
1: I was, yes. It's, South of Fresno. <laughs> yes. All right. Southeast of Fresno, above Bakersfield. It's Field. like
0: I'm going to make it snow here. It's, it's
1: in the mountain. It's right. It's right at the, t- the beginning of like kind of where that the mountains. I okay. forget the mountain what
0: they're All called, right. but I purchased the weather. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I'm going to make it I, snow. I, I
2: made this company <laughs> because they wouldn't sell it to me for the right price. <laughs> right. So this company <laughs> bought the weather.
0: Right. We got and it. And
2: I'm about to make it rain. Right. Pretty much. <laughs>
1: Um, So, Disney, of course, he met with uh, renowned University of Denver and Olympic ski coach Willie Schaeffler, and together they developed the village and mountain resort plans. Disney, of course, outbid other developers, so he was all set to get this project off the ground. During during the early development, the Sierra Club, which was founded in 1892 in San Francisco by preservationist John Muir, he supported this ski resort proposal. He thought it was great. Or not he, but the the Sierra Club. The club. Uh,
0: He gone. He was probably not living back then. Uh, At 125 years old, he wanted to be the first down the hill.
1: So the Sierra Club was all for this. Uh, Disney, however, changed the original plans for the resort from a large resort into a massive resort, of course. Uh, The final plan called for 27 ski lifts. (laughs) With, with hotels and large parking lots accommodating 2 million visitors per year.
0: Skiing was big in the 60s, though, I think. Like that whole yeah.
1: mm-hmm. I'm sorry, lo-
0: lodge big? attitude.
1: But how big was this place again? It was 7 miles by 1 mile. It just doesn't seem large enough. But
0: No. That's uh,
4: that's the length of San Francisco.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
4: I- Wait, you said 7 miles by how long? By 1 mile. Four,
1: not-
3: 4 lifts every mile.
4: That's insane. That's so small. And he
1: possibly bought more than that, but...
4: I think it's seven
0: long, but one wide.
1: That's... I, I had to look up what Still it's called small. now, which I don't want to ruin the, the story, but okay. what it's called now, that's how big that is. So it's possible that it that he was planning on purchasing more and maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know, destroying mountains. I don't know what he does.
0: Yeah. <laughs> if anyone can move mountains, it'd be Walt.
1: Exactly. Uncle um, but that's what at least I found. And so... Um, At this point, the Sierra Club was like, oh, heck no. (laughs) Nah. Um, And they became concerned with the environmental impact of this now massive project. And um, so something like 10 years of legal battles between the pro-development and preservationist groups, uh, which, by the way, was 12 years after um, Walt's death, the Mineral King Valley was annexed into the Sequoia National Park in 1978 by an act of Congress. And this legislation formally stopped the plan to ever develop the area into a ski resort. Good. So uh, he passed before they even finished the battle, but he lost that one. Um, a fun fact,
0: though. He lost all of them <laughs> at that point.
1: Well, that's true. Um, a fun fact.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it was courageous. Uh, it was courageous <laughs> all battle. the wars were gone. <laughs>
1: was awful. Um, A little fun fact, though, that I just randomly came across um, was that in the middle of all these battles in 1973, completely unrelated, Disney released a live-action film, John Muir, Father of Our National Parks. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that was kind of hilarious.
0: The irony there is pretty good.
1: Right. Um, Okay, so at this point, we've gotten just a little bit ahead of ourselves. Um, So let's go back to 1969, which was a very strange time of year for our entire nation. We had (laughs) Vietnam protests, psychedelics, Woodstock, et cetera, et cetera. And Disneyland was not exempt from this craziness. Um, For example, March 23rd was the very first Herbie Day uh, held at Disneyland, which was a contest for decorated Volkswagen cars um, in promotion of the film The Love Bug. 101 Volkswagen Beetle cars drove down Main Street.
4: That's a great number. (laughs) That's a great number, it's he said. one 101 says. Dalmatians. That's a great no, number. No, I understand. I know, I what? get it.
1: No, that was a weird statement, though. <laughs> no, I'm just saying.
4: If they're like, yes, yeah, 17. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. but 101, I'm like, that, Keep in that's kind mind, was, cool. What year was it, 69? 69. Yeah. They were still oh, being made. Yeah, those were yeah. That was still effective. popular, that's yeah. That's
0: true. And pre-Super Beetle, so uh, it, they looked really good. That's true. I had a 68 but that was mine. Yeah. Sorry, and so
1: these these were all decorated. They they had themes and everything, and the cars were all judged in categories including most psychedelic, oh, most toy like, most comical, and best personality. What's the best?
0: What's personality? What's the best toy like? I what, don't what know. could that Even possibly with
2: the turning thing on the back? It's sixty nine.
0: What turning thing on the back? <laughs> the key. Oh, oh like a wind up deal.
2: Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, you missed your calling. Good one, yeah. You were
0: born too late.
2: Seriously. Dude, um, this is—I struggle with this every day.
4: Being born too <laughs> late, born
2: in the <laughs> wrong era. I'm an old soul.
4: Yeah, that is true. Um,
1: so the first prize He's for old lady <laughs> for this whole thing was a brand new 1969 Volkswagen Beetle. I guess that's cool. Um, other yeah. pri- other prizes included highly coveted 1969 technology, including uh, portable color televisions, oh. Kodak Super 8 movie cameras and projectors.
0: Wow!
1: And new polaroid cameras awesome. so All
0: right. um,
1: then a little bit later in the year in uh, on <laughs> none
0: august, of which are around
1: right <laughs> yeah exactly um a little bit later august on august 6th 1969 the yippies as they were known hold an informal first international yippie powwow at disneyland Uh, Vietnam and free speech uh, protesters infiltrated Disneyland, raising a new flag next to the American flag in Town Square, singing and weaving among the marching band on Main Street, climbing the ropes of the Chicken of the Sea pirate ship, and eventually storming Tom Tom Sawyer's island, raising a Viet Cong flag on top of Castle Rock. Orange County police were alerted to the protest ahead of time and uh, were staged in full riot gear behind Main Street, ready for any mishaps. Uh, Many were arrested, and Disneyland closed early for the very first time in parks history. Now, we have an entire show dedicated to this topic, so that was a very abbreviated version. And if you want to hear all the juicy details, go take a listen to that show sometime March 2014. So... Wow. You can go back and listen to that. Cool. It's that a awesome. really interesting story.
4: It oh, yeah. um, was a long time ago. crazy. Go- you can Google porky? those
1: pictures, too. It's yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty rare. They're
4: after Porky Pig. Isn't that one of the things they said? They <laughs> are it's having like a roast for yeah. Porky Pig. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They roasted
1: Porky Pig. Yeah. They had, like, 200 Long's flyers chicken. that Sounds they handed delicious. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very strange. They were high. Oh, no. They, they were. had no you idea what was going on. No, they, like, legitimately were. Like, in the park. That was one of the things they did. I just didn't include it. It was in the other report. Some things never change. I guess.
0: Harvey, sorry. <laughs> in
1: 1970,
0: um, <laughs> it's fine. It's not his real name. It's all right.
1: I don't know why it says that. Uh, in 1970, are you guys finished? No,
0: go, go, keep okay. going. In 1970,
1: You're doing great. Um, the I didn't write this right, but um, the, the Walt Disney Company. Let's just say, or Walt Disney Studios. Okay. Um, they released the animated feature, the Aristocats. Yeah, that's why I knew. Thank you. <laughs> I wrote it wrong like seven times. Uh,
0: the Aristocrats. I don't get it. I kept
1: like look. I kept googling Aristocrats, and I was and it just kept coming up like these like Victorian-looking people. And I was like, stop! Like, where's the stupid movie? And then I realized I was They cats saying it wrong. Big cats. Um, so they released the Aristocats uh, to theaters. It cost four million dollars to make. And this was Disney's first animated feature completed without Walt Disney. So he was part of the process to begin with, but it was completed without him. Okay. Also in nineteen seventy. No this is this is kind of like a dumb tidbit, but I've just found it hilarious. Um because it's just so seventies. But no. Disney announces that the the film Song of the South has been permanently withdrawn from future consideration for re release. But then in nineteen seventy one. Disney officials reverse their decision to show to not show the film Song of the South again. And then in 1972, Disney actually re-releases the film Song of the South to theaters in the
3: U.S. So
1: this is like, I don't know. To me, that was just like a crazy metaphor for the, that era. Like, yeah. we're going to do this thing. No, you're not. You're right. We're not. Right. Well, yes, we are. <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, just, we've
0: already done it. We've
1: already done already- it. Like, so we're just going to do it. The most. I, I mean, don't know. it
0: is kind of a trash movie. It's not a very oh, it's good movie. Terrible. I fell asleep. Uh, it's yeah. I've, I try to show it to you. It's I have it. Right. I don't as I, I don't think yeah. I've even seen it. I'll give it to you.
4: No, no, it's okay.
0: No, well, I mean it's it, like the first part's terrible, but like the uh, the Brer Rabbit stuff is pretty fun. It's funny. Okay. Uh, but it's kind of a trash movie. It's There's just
2: not like not a lot of it doesn't flow very. It's well. boring. It's really boring.
4: Super boring. <laughs> On a scale of Lion King <clears throat> to Fantasia, where would it fall?
2: A lot closer to Fantasia. A lot closer okay. to Fantasia. I,
1: I
4: would say Fantasia. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Actually, lower okay. probably than Fantasia. I think okay. I stayed awake a little bit longer during Fantasia. Mm.
4: Okay.
1: Anyway, uh, moving on to 1971. This is when, um, on October 1st, Magic Kingdom opened. Uh, so did the Palm Magnolia Golf Course, Disney's Contemporary Resort, Polynesian Resort, and Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground. So Walt Disney World's officially a thing. Um, at the park's opening, Roy O. Disney uh, dedicated the property to his brother and declared that it would be known as Walt Disney World in his brother's honor. Roy O. Disney unfortunately died December 1971, only three months after the park had opened. Wow! He didn't even get a chance oh, to, he retire.
2: Didn't get to retire. To retire?
0: Well, just... no, he did.
1: <laughs> Jason, <laughs> What's wrong with you.
0: <sighs> I'm just. I'm looking at the the brighter side. He retired. He's enjoying his retirement.
1: <laughs> yes. Go ahead. Okay, so this little section is um, going to be about Disney Studios after Walt and Roy. So, after the deaths of both Walt and Roy, uh, Walt Disney Studios uh, was left in the hands of executives Don Tatum, Card Walker, and Ron Miller. The films released over an 18-year period following this change of management did not perform well commercially. Mm-hmm. Um, to make matters worse, in 1979, during the production of The Fox and the Hound, animator Don Bluth left Disney to start his own rival studio, Don Bluth Productions. And he took 11 Disney animators with him. Wow. Yeah. So, but I mean, I kind of can't blame him. Like, the studio's kind of sucking. Yeah. Yeah. And Um, you know you're good.
2: Let's go. But it's almost like history repeating itself, like with the Walt thing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Exactly. That's that's that was my first thought too. It's like how it goes around, comes around. Yep. Okay. But um, so with only 17 percent of or with 17 percent of animators gone now, production on Fox and the Hound was delayed. Which it's such a good movie. Just kidding. Um. (laughs) So Don Bluth Productions produced The Secret of Nim* Hound in nineteen eighty two.
0: What? I love Fox and the Hound. So really? watch all the time. Uh, I'm a
1: Hound.
2: <laughs> oh, <that sound> bite. <laughs> I
1: I like, it's pretty good, right? Uh, I don't really remember it. Eh. So I just figured it's probably not that good.
2: There's a sequel. Don't watch
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> so um Don Bluth Productions produced *The Secret of Nim* in God, 1982, which Disney originally rejected for being too dark. Yeah. Uh, Don Bluth Productions quickly became Disney's main competitor in the animation industry during this time.
0: Secret of Nim was rad. I've seen that movie like 25 times. I've
1: never yeah. Seen that
0: movie. Oh, so good.
1: Yeah, that's a watch really good it. one.
0: It's real good.
1: Actually, I kind of want to watch that. Um, no. So <laughs> rude. So okay. So now we're in 1982. This is exciting.
0: Time uh, travel, yeah, love it.
1: So, EBCOT. We all know what Epcot means. <laughs>
0: Terrence doesn't, but well, we all do. We, <laughs> most <laughs> of us know.
1: Experiment <laughs> Say it with me. Experimental, Experimental prototype <laughs> community, community of, of tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Good job.
0: Last time you said city, that's why you had to. Sure. That's why you had to go to the press sure. conference room, <laughs> the press conference dungeon.
1: We should all go to a press conference because we don't give people prizes Our listeners ever. Listeners
4: are so they're sticklers. <laughs> you guys knew what I meant.
0: Yeah. Have you have you, have you talked to a Disneyland fan? <laughs> uh, yes, <Yeah>. I have. <laughs> uh, exactly. No we, we are all like that. No offense.
1: So we're going, we're going back to what I was talking about earlier a little bit. We're kind of jumping time here, just a touch. Okay. Um, so soon after Walt died, um, back in 66, uh, Walt Disney Productions decided that they really didn't want to run an entire city without Walt's guidance. However... As I mentioned earlier, the idea of EPCOT was com- was instrumental in prompting the state of Florida to create the Reedy Creek Improvement District, the RCID, and the cities of Bay Lake and Reedy Creek, which, by the way, is now Buena Vista. Um, the company? No. Okay. The Buena Vista, like, Florida. Buena Lake, Buena. Lake, Buna, Lake Buena Vista. Buena Vista. Buna Vista? Right. Yeah, it's now that's what Reedy Creek is called.
0: Buna. Buna Vista. <laughs> Buna
1: Vista. <laughs> If we just keep saying words, we'll get it. (laughs) Um, So this, again, allowed them to issue tax-free bonds for for development fundraising and, more importantly, governmental control over Walt Disney World. Because the idea of Epcot, the full city of tomorrow, was never implemented as originally planned, Disney remained almost the sole landowner in the district, allowing it to maintain control of the RCID and the cities of Bay Lake and Reedy Creek. To further solidify their control... Uh, Later on, Celebration Florida, which was initially part of the RCID, um, Disney eventually de-annexed the city from the district so that its citizens would also have no control over what the RDIC decided to do, and they couldn't hinder any of their plans.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Sounds like a great prototype community. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, So the Disney company no longer wanted a working city, but they still wanted to build Epcot. So then what is Epcot at this point? It's not what Walt had originally designed. Right. Maybe that wasn't a good idea. Maybe it was. So, some Imagineers wanted it to represent new and exciting technology. Others thought that it should showcase international cultures and customs. So, this is amazing.
0: <laughs> now it's both.
1: This is amazing because at some point in the planning process, the, there were two physical models sitting out and they were pushed together,
3: and wow. Epcot
1: was made. <laughs> Which is exactly what it is. Jeez, it feels it like is. it's two completely different things, but yeah. they're like it's Epcot, What?
0: Well, it's emerging <laughs> technologies, quote unquote, like uh, you know, a hydroponic gardening, which has been around for years. Uh, it's just yeah. it's kind of it's kind of like stuck in the nineties. Yeah. And then then you go get drunk and throw up it's in the
2: kind lake. Of, like it's kind of a dangerous thought process to go down, right? Like you would think that they would think they would have the thought process of. Land of tomorrow, technologies of tomorrow. We have tomorrow land, but it's now yesterday land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we not have this happen again?
0: Yeah, we already right. have a land that's themed like this that's outdated. That's
2: themed like
1: yeah. the future, but it's shield. Right. But then also, then you have all the, your international stuff. Like, where does that even fit? Like, they're completely different ideas. Like, yeah. it's so random to me. I love it. Don't get me wrong, but it's super random. And I guess that's that's at least the lore of how it happened is there were two out. models, pushed them together, and went, ha! Love it. Love it. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) So, the construction of Epcot was estimated to be between uh, 800 million and 1.4 billion, and it took three years to build. At the time, it was the largest construction project on earth. Uh, The parking lot alone was 141 acres. That's eight White Houses. Wow. And could accommodate over 11,000 vehicles. So, in 1984, Back to the company itself. Uh, financier uh, Sal <laughs> uh, financier Saul Steinberg's <laughs> I know. Uh, Saul Steinberg's uh, Reliance Group held eleven point one percent stock in Walt Disney Productions and launched a hostile takeover bid for the company. <laughs> Uh, Disney bought out Reliance's 11.1% stake in the company to avoid this from happening. Yeah. However, another shareholder filed suit claiming the deal devalued Disney's stock and demanded that Disney management retain their positions. Uh, the shareholder lawsuit was settled eventually in 1989 for a total of $45 million, which came from both Disney and Reliance. So I don't know if you guys noticed, but... They're having a lot of problems through these years, (laughs) like problem after problem. There's not really a lot of great things going on except for they're finally opening things. But um, so anyway, uh, management changes were still in order, however. And in 1984, the great Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Katzenberg, uh, both previously from Paramount Pictures and Frank Wells, formerly of uh, Warner Brothers, they all joined the Disney family as chief executives. After the box office failure of the 1985 feature, The B- Black Cauldron, the future of the animation department was in jeopardy.
0: Which is funny, because they rejected Secret of Nim* for being too dark, and then they <laughs> did Black Cauldron, which is super dark. Yeah. But it failed.
1: Well, that was also three years later, so maybe they were like, oh, maybe this is what people want. Right. Um, so then, at this point, going against a 30-year studio policy, the company founded a television animation division now Disney Television Animation, which was a much cheaper than theatrical uh, animation. In the interest of saving uh, what he believed to be the studio's core business, Roy E. Disney, Roy Roy O's son, uh, convinced Eisner to let him supervise the animation department in hopes of improving its fortunes. Uh, Moving on to 1986, um, of course, never satisfied or finished, Disney Imagineers begin feeling that something's missing from Epcot. Entertainment,
0: fun,
1: <laughs> exactly. Actually, shade
0: yeah. is really what is missing. <laughs> well, shade, it's yeah. still missing yeah. that. right. Um,
1: it's missing entertainment, so they began planning an Epcot Entertainment Pavilion. When newly appointed mm. uh, CEO Michael Eisner saw the plans for the pavilion, he requested that instead of placing, uh, and instead of placing like this ride or whatever it was going to be, this attraction at an already existing park, it should be surrounded by a new park themed with Hollywood entertainment and show business. Makes sense. <sighs> My eyes just rolled huge. Um, this project was uh, <laughs> this uh, project was fast tracked when uh, Universal Studios began developing a nearby site for its Universal Studios Florida theme park in 1986. The idea uh, for this to the idea was for this to be both a theme park and an operating production studio, with an active film and television production services, an animation facility branch, and a functioning backlot. Disney and Metro-Golden-Mayer, MGM, entered into a licensing contract at this time that uh, gave Disney worldwide rights to use the MGM brand and logo for what would become Disney-MGM Studios. This included working production facilities uh, for movies and television shows and satellite animation studio, all of which were in operation prior to the park's opening. Uh, in 1988, MGM filed a lawsuit claiming Disney violated their agreement by operating a working movie and television studio at the resort. On May 1st, 1989, the theme park opened. So MG, uh, Disney-MGM Studios finally opened, the, mm-hmm. the actual park, um, adjacent to the production facilities, with MGM's only affiliation being the original licensing agreement that allowed Disney to use MGM's name and Lion logo in marketing and separate contracts that allowed specific MGM content to be used in the Great Movie Ride. So they basically mm. had this kind of falling out. They allowed them to use a few things because the contract kind of forced them to still be able to use a few things, yeah. but the, everything else was sort of cut off.
0: That's uh, how we got that awesome ride.
1: Oh, yeah. So get this when the ride when, or when the park first opened, the only two attractions were the studio backlot tour and the Great Movie Ride.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's kind of still that's all there.
0: The, yeah. Like, I, I mean, they're putting Toy Story Land in there, which is cool. And now they got Tower Tear and the Aerosmith ride. But
1: So in a few years, there will be a reason to go. But oh. I mean, I'd see <laughs> right. Toy Story Land. That'd be cool. Sure. So aside from this MGM drama, uh, the new Disney Park uh, beat Universal Studios Florida's opening by nearly a year.
0: <laughs> but did they? I mean, like, opening. They had two things.
1: <laughs> well, right. Exactly.
0: Um, probably a lot of hot dogs to be <laughs> Or just, I probably
1: don't know. Um, both parks were remor- remarkably similar including rides that duplicate natural disasters like earthquakes and rides that put visitors uh, into the middle of movie scenes. they also both include behind the scenes looks at how movies are made including stunts and special effects. Universal claimed that Michael Eisner was shown the plans for its Florida park while he was head of Paramount Pictures when Universal approached him looking for investors for their new theme park. Eisner d- denied ever seeing these plans and Universal Studios Hollywood in Los Angeles, which opened more or less in 1964, kind of hard to find an ac- exact date, um, had already established a very public template for a movie studio theme park. So Universal didn't really have a leg to stand on, even though they may have been right.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, there, It doesn't appear that there is any sort of lawsuit, um, but the feud between the two studios and the parks kind of remains to this day. Uh. Disney MGM Studios uh, cost, which is, of course, now Disney Hollywood Studios, Mm -hmm. cost $500 million to build and stood on 135 acres, 7.5 White Houses. Uh, Meanwhile, in 1986, Disney released uh, The Great Mouse Detective. In the same year...
2: I love that movie. You do? I I really do, yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, in the same year, Don Bluth released An American Tale. I love that movie. Is
0: that five I also yeah. like that movie. And that then, movie did so much better.
1: Yes, it outperformed yeah. The Mouse Detective by far. Yeah. Um, luckily, while it, The Great Mouse Detective was not as successful um, as a film as Bluth's um, in its own right, it was a... It, God, let me just start over that whole <laughs> sentence. Uh, luckily, while not as... It was su-
0: the 60s. <laughs> and then there was Land. <laughs> no,
1: <sorry. laughs> luckily, while not as successful as Bluth's, Bluth's film, The uh, film "The Great Mouse Detective" was successful in its own right, both critically and commercially. She might be
0: flooded, Deb. You might want to help her out.
1: <laughs> Shut up. <You're> <laughs> stroke? <laughs> no, I'm just having a problem reading this one sentence. Uh, and anyway, this, the basically, "The Great Mouse Detective" helped instill confidence in the in the um, animation studio again, even okay. though it was kind of didn't do as well. Right. 1988. Uh, Disney uh, collaborated with Steven Spielberg, a longtime animator fan and producer, to help produce Who Framed Roger Rabbit. The film was a critical and commercial success, winning three Academy Awards for uh, technical achievements, uh, further renewing interest in the theatrical animated department. So they're finally starting up that hill again. Down? Up? Up the hill, right? Down the hill? I don't know. Uh, say down anyway, the road. Uh, that's pretty much it. But I yeah. did want to end this by reading um, the three dedications to the three parks that were built during this time in Disney World. Not the full, but just listen to the three in order. And I, I feel there's a very clear difference um, between when the brothers were involved and when they're not involved anymore. Okay.
0: And when they're dead. Yes. Okay. Yes.
1: <laughs> so this is the Magic Kingdom dedication, at least the beginning of it. Walt Disney World is a tribute to the philosophy and the life of Walter Elias Disney and to the talents, the dedication, and the loyalty of the entire Disney organization that made Walt Disney's dream come true. That was Roy O. Disney. That's
0: beautiful. It's pretty nice. This is Epcot. Can I guess at Epcot? Sure. Be sure to have traveler's checks ready (laughs) and bring two forms of photo ID for your credit cards. No. Okay, go
1: ahead. Um. EBCOT's dedication uh, says, to all who come to this place of joy, hope, and friendship, welcome. EBCOT Center is inspired by Walt Disney's creative genius. And there's more. But this was from E. Carden Walker.
0: But it wasn't really. (laughs) Um, Well, (laughs) I mean,
1: eh, yeah, you're right, kind of. And it kind
0: of sounds like the Disneyland dedication. A little bit, kind but of I, it yeah. I think
1: that's kind of nice, though. Mm-hmm. Keeping them all similar. I, guess. I like that. So the Disney MGM Studio dedication <laughs> was done by Michael Eisner, and he said, The world you have entered was created by the Walt Disney Company and is dedicated to Hollywood. <laughs>
0: To My. the point. Like direct. Oh, like, are you serious? To the point. <laughs> this is all we have. Thank you for coming. Well, and he tried to be like the wall where he was doing the TV shows oh, and yeah, stuff. He was. Man, and he just was not very no. cool. Well, and he's the one who like started re-releasing all the Disney tapes and all the VHS. Mm-hmm. And like that's how they got out of debt is by renewing all their old... Oh,
1: like the... the- the fluffy tapes became, like, the golden fluffy tape, that yes. kind of thing? Yeah,
0: well, and also why they don't re... Because for a while, there, Disney would, like, be re-releasing, like, Snow White every, like, five years, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, theatrically. Yeah, that
1: was actually... A lot of that happened during Lock this time
4: period. period. Yeah,
0: yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then, but now they just released it on VHS just to burn... But now nobody wants to see them because everybody owes them, so and that's why they don't get re-released in the movies yep. theaters anymore. Anyway.
1: No, that's it. I, that's, that's up to... There's, of course, a lot more, but, you yeah. know, I have to... I have to draw the line somewhere, right? And um, that's—I mean,
0: literal books have been
4: written on this,
1: right? So so that's up to 1989, and next time we'll see where we end up. I don't
4: know. 1992. All right. 1991. Well, we're
1: getting into Pixar now too, and I'm like, oh gosh, is that like a whole? I mean, you're
2: kind of getting in. Like 89 is kind of like the turning point when movies like really started getting
1: better again. yeah well yeah. And that's why i wanted to stop because like i think this next section is going to be the one that we're all
2: like oh my god i love that movie." well and, and that's a, also like our childhood right
4: also a construction of a brand new park in california as well yeah so, yeah i'm not sure how far you're gonna get but that was great <laughs> <I know. laughs> That was, no, great. It was good good job karen you know what's next though don't you
1: no
0: march in the past present and future with all the news that's fit to cover it's the ears of disney news all right, let's get real depressed right now. Disney's live-action Aladdin, we've talked about this, I believe, mm-hmm. um, has Guy Ritchie directing. What?
1: That's an interesting choice. I don't hate him. What is he? I don't know what he did He that. did, like,
0: uh, Lock, Stock, lock, and, two, stock yeah, and Two Smoking, smoking barrels. barrels. That's a good movie. Uh, recently, Satch. he did the, Sh- yeah. the Sherlock Holmes movies, which ah. were super dark and stylized. So, yeah. apparently, that's the direction they're going to go with this. Um uh, let's see. Uh, Dan Lin, who was a producer on the Holmes movies for Warner Brothers, is producing what Disney Towns will be an ambitious and non-traditional take on Aladdin. Great. Jonathan Elrich will executive produce the movie and oversee it. Uh, the 1990 movie was part of Disney's animation renaissance and retold the Middle Eastern set folktale of a young man granted three wishes by a genie. Um, never mind. Uh, I was about to make inappropriate jokes. The genie was voiced by Robin Williams. Blah 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 blah. Also, part of the non-traditional aspect of the project is the studio's intent to make a non-linear a movie right out of the Guy Ritchie playbook. The helmer made his name directing snappy crime thrillers such as Lockstock and Two of Barrels that use that kind of storytelling. He last directed The Man from Uncle and is in post-production on King Arthur. Um, I just don't understand. I mean, first of all, do we need a non- a non-linear? Um, ambitious and non traditional take on Aladdin? Like, is that something that the Disney company really thinks that people want?
1: Do well, we honestly, need- I think it would be better than just a t- traditional one because that's what they've been doing with Cinderella and everything. So maybe,
2: maybe sort of, this is a little bit
4: mm-hmm.
2: more creative. Do we need another live action Disney film?
0: I'm glad you asked that. Here's a list of the upcoming <laughs> live action Disney films. Okay. There's a lot. In of my ones.
2: defense, a I really do time. want. I'm, I, I do really want to see Beauty and the Beast. Oh, me too. I uh, cannot wait.
0: Yeah, because uh, Belle looks real good. Uh, Beauty and the Beast is one of them. Uh, Mulan. Ugh.
2: Yeah,
4: yeah. I
1: never even saw the cartoon. Ooh, it's good. It's, good. it's, good. it's no. good. I've
2: seen the sequel. Don't watch it. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop watching the sequel. <laughs> oh, no. I have
1: a kid. There's a
0: thing. <laughs>
4: on Netflix.
0: Uh, Aladdin. Of course, we just covered The Lion King. We talked about as wait, well. what? what? How? Did we not talk about this? No. Oh, I think I just posted on the Facebook page. They're doing a live action Lion King, uh, uh, similar to the Jungle Book, which we saw in Hawaii and was trash. I fell asleep to it. The Jungle Book, the the live action Jungle Book, trash.
1: It was okay. It was.
0: Trash. Literal trash.
1: Because you fell asleep every time we were in the bed.
0: No, because it's trash. Well, this is what I wanted to do. I got confused when, when I was like, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to clean up and, and move the cups away and throw the, the plastic cups away. Oh, I threw the DVD away instead because that's how confused I oh got between it being trash and the actual little wow. trash. I had no idea. Okay. Yeah, the room was, that was clean. That was dramatic. The room okay. was clean and I had the DVD on the bed and I put the, clean, the, the, the cleaning lady sign out because there was still trash on the bed. You win. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Uh, wow. So, The Lion King. They're doing The Lion King. I've Which
3: actually bites? seen uh, poster art for the live-action Lion King. Oh, really? The Lion mm-hmm. King,
1: though, it, it already is live-action on nah,
3: stage. It looks like it's just going to be like... Um, the CGI, just, you know, yeah, the
0: yeah. Jungle Book, whatever. The Jungle Book, yeah. It's, um, understand?
3: Like Cruella.
2: The 101 Dalmatians? 101
0: stupid. Dalmatians, the, the story of the villain. Uh, Peter Pan.
2: Yeah, that's It's called Hook.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Um, Tinkerbell. No. It's played by...
2: still called Hook. It's still called Hook. (laughs) Yeah. It's
0: played by Reese Witherspoon. Yes, I'll see that.
1: I saw a picture of Reese Witherspoon and her daughter today on Facebook. They're the same. They are the same. Her
0: daughter has a big forehead.
1: No, it was like Reese Witherspoon's daughter is Reese Witherspoon.
0: (laughs) Uh,
1: Oh my gosh, stop.
0: (laughs) Tell me I'm wrong. Look it up. Tell me I'm wrong.
1: I'm not looking
4: up her daughter's forehead Why right not? now. Reese Witherspoon daughter forehead. Google it. What? No, but Idris just Elba is uh, going to be in The Lion King. I love be One of the voices. Yeah, so well, yeah, again, uh, he yeah. was
0: in The Jungle Book. Yeah. So, you know, why wouldn't he be on The <laughs> Shoot, Lion King? Because it's the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> no, I'm, gonna, I'm looking it up because I know who put it on. I know who put it on Facebook, so I'm going to look it up. Mike Geyer. Thank you. It's fine. No one's going to look up, Mike. Michael Geyer. Here he is. Michael Geyer. (laughs) Here, look. Tell me that chick doesn't have a giant forehead. It's not Look, she's pretty. Don't get me wrong. But it's pretty big. Look at that thing. That's like two White Houses. (laughs) Sorry. Is that her? That was her mom. That wasn't even her, was it? Bro. That's Reese Witherspoon.
4: Oh, okay. Also, it was the angle. No, they yeah. look
1: exactly the same.
2: Uh, she, got, she got a five head. It's That's the right. same five head. forehead. Is it's a the five same head? forehead.
0: Yeah, they're, they're
4: the same person. Yeah. Okay, whatever. It's not a forehead. It's, it's like
2: symmetrical to her chin. It's like,
4: it's like someone saying I wear a two, and you're like, no, you need a three-three. It's the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> I've never
2: heard that either.
4: Wow. <laughs> oh, uh, okay, so uh, we left off at Tinkerbell, yeah. which
0: n- no one cares. Uh, oh, the person who co-wrote the screenplay for Finding Dory will write Cool. <laughs> Tinkerbell script uh, Sword in the Stone
2: oh, I don't care Okay
0: um, We've covered that I think before Pinocchio Stupid
4: Ugh.
0: Dumbo Ugh. Directed by Tim Burton So I'll probably That'll watch it that good then yeah uh, Winnie the
3: Pooh
2: er, What? I don't like Winnie the Pooh animated
3: That's gonna be like Paddington Sorry probably, I'm guessing Yeah Which uh, was a good movie I like Paddington I thought it was a good movie
0: Rose Red Which is the Snow White story
2: didn't they do that already?
0: I don't know. Who knows? Uh, Snow White's sister is what it is. Uh, Prince Charming will have his own movie.
1: Stop Why? it already. It's called Cinderella. Cinderella.
2: Stop.
0: Right. You no don't one
2: cares he about He doesn't even him. have a name. He does, does he have lines in that movie? Do we care? No, no. We don't care. We
0: don't. Speaking of not caring, apparently analysts are saying that interest in Shanghai Disney is waning.
1: Was it ever... Peaking? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So um Disney opened Sorry, the doors on its five point five We're gonna
1: get a lot of hate mail.
0: All the shade that we're throwing should be used for Epcot. Because that needs a lot of shit. Um on its 5.5 billion dollars Shanghai theme park and resort in June to significant fanfare, but only a few months later attendance estimates show the massive new park may not be attracting as many visitors as was previously expected. multiple reports this week suggest Shanghai Disney posted disappointing attendance numbers in its four in its four months of operation CNN money cited uh an al- analyst, Richard Huang, estimated that the new park has averaged roughly 20,000 visitors per day since it's it, wow. opened. Have
3: you seen how much it costs to go there? No, how much? So from what I understand, for a like an average Chinese family, for a family of four, it costs about six weeks worth of pay oh. to go for wow. like two days.
4: Wow. I feel wow. like that's how Disneyland costs me. It feels like six weeks of pay. <laughs> right. you know? But it, what makes me sad about this is not necessarily... It's not about that park.
2: It's the effect it's having on every other park because yeah. that park yeah. is hemorrhaging money and it's exactly it right. They're going
4: to put the clamp on everything they're going to yep. try to do out here in California. And they already have been. Like yeah. they're, oh, there's yeah. already
0: yeah. Imagineering layoffs
4: yeah. because that's of horrible. this park.
1: Imagined, but why didn't like, they learn from... From Can you Paris? From Paris. The exact same thing yeah. happened in Paris.
0: In mm-hmm. Hollywood Park, the Hollywood Studios. Yeah. yeah, like that's a trash park because China has a billion people. Well, so they they actually explained. Yeah. So yeah. so those numbers add up to about 7.3 million visitors per year, which would fall well short of previous estimates for annual attendance at Chang. Keep in mind, this is four months old. Right. So let's just you know let's relax a little bit. I guess. Um, yeah. Disney has boasted more than 300 million tourists with disposable income live within three hours of Shanghai Disney, and would provide ample attention. How do they know figures. they have
1: disposable income? I feel like that's.
0: I don't know. They do. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they vet the entire area and do surveys and mm. look at. I mean, you know, the government of China has every information ever. <laughs> In the one month before the new park even opened, nearly a million people visited the area around Shanghai Disney called Disney Town to tour various connected stores. And restaurants. Uh, When reached for comment, a Shanghai Disney spokesperson provided fortune with the following statement. uh, The recent report speculating about our attendance is meritless. Our financial results during the first 100 days of operation have exceeded our expectations, and guest feedback has been extremely strong, establishing a solid foundation upon which to grow. Um they say uh, it had a fantastic opening. In fact it delivered more attendance in its first hundred days than most parks that we've opened over the history of our theme parks. This is from uh, Bob Iger. So I think the, the problem is we're going oh uh, twenty thousand a day, that's not very good, but they're expecting a slow ramp up. Okay. So they're like they're 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 cool with it. Speaking of being cool with it king of segues today. Wow, you are. Um the Disney Pixar uh collaboration with Vans is is chugging along Ugh, very nicely I want all of them. those shoes are
4: dope the buzz ones
0: they're fresh oh they're fre- they're very dank v dank shoes man
2: stop it and i've, I've never thing? heard yeah. this like dank
0: memes. oh like my cool. god they're so good they're um, so cute the vans toy story collection is a total disney dream Prepare to make some space in that closet of yours. Um, the entire collection will hit shelves and on the web October 7th. Oh, dude. Uh, hold on. Uh, and the site can't be reached. Well, that's just good news. Yeah, let's check it out. This is exciting radio, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> oh, here it right is. There? Toy Story. Toy Story Vans shoes, dude. So you get the classic skate highs. Aww. Um with like little space things, uh, you get the little uh, squishy alien guys, the slip-ons. I
2: almost called the minions.
0: What are those? So did I. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, They're the aliens. Uh, no, what are these slip-ons? Oh, that's the like best it's just backpack? like it's just random. Um, like uh, a lot of Toy Story. Th-
2: like the cow print.
1: Yeah, I
0: want those ones. It's like the baby head with like the Erector Set like <gasps> legs, spider oh, legs. Like old, those from, are dope. From Sids, Yeah, Sids' yeah, house. Yeah, those are fresh. And then of course they have the the classic Buzz Lightyear Toy Story uh-huh. old school Buzz where it's Lightyear. like it's like the purple base of the of so the of good. the you know the thing with like the green front and back and that the the van stripe is green on a yellow. It's fresh. If any of our That's listeners cool, uh Disney baby
2: ones Yeah, yeah. i have <gasps> a kid I'm not spending thirty seven dollars on shoes
0: for her. Wow, a toy story authentic wow, these are fresh, dude. I want the woody ones, Jason. I know. But it's my birthday first.
1: No, but Christmas is coming. Oh yeah, that's true. Are those, are those boy shoes? Maybe like, they're boy. Much like
2: winter.
0: <laughs> winter is coming. All right. Well, they're dope. So if you guys like uh, Vans and Toy Story, dude, check it out. It's oh, pretty sick. It's pretty fresh. Um, I'm gonna say fresh one more time. Fresh. Speaking of fresh, <laughs> Terrence, we were talking uh, before our other show about how uh, we were lamenting the the death of the Muppets show. Well, uh, for you Disney World people, you guys are getting a Muppets American history themed live show next month. Actually, in October. Um, According to Oh My Disney, which is a Disney site, the first performance of the Muppets take on great moments in American history will be on Sunday, October 2nd. So it's already happened in the Magic Kingdom Park outside of the Hall of Presidents. The Disney Parks blog notes that uh, there are currently performances scheduled for six times a day as host James J.J. J. Jefferson, the official town crier of Liberty Square, and his Muppet friends, my personal favorite, Sam Eagle. Kermit, Miss Piggy, Gonzo, Fozzie Bear, and the rest humorously offer their take on major events in the country's past, including the signing of the Declaration of Independence. The blog also seems to indicate that the show will rotate some of the great moments in the show. Uh, it sounds like it keeps it fresh and uh, all that kind of stuff. Fresh. Keeps it fresh. I didn't mean to say that. Um, A part of the show, the Muppets will perform a new original song called Great Moments in History, which was written by Valerie Vigodogorga and Brendan Mulburn. I bet Jeremy knows who those people are. Probably. Um, I just i they're like doing so much with Muppets in Disney World, and I and I can't even. I I just want to shake everybody I see that walks past in DCA and goes, "Do you know what you had? You don't even know what you had." <laughs> yeah.
2: It's
1: true.
0: <clears throat> Speaking of not knowing what you had, Terrence. Yes. Apparently, <laughs> Disney World's Big Thunder roller coaster is effective at dispensing kidney stones.
1: What? what? I should tell my dad. He has a problem with that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good to know. Uh, Apparently, most urologists would not be surprised by uh, roller coasters dispensing kidney stones. A professor emeritus uh, with Michigan State University's Department of, some word I can't pronounce, surgical specialties. Jarring motions and vibrations often jostle stones stuck on the outer area of kidney, enabling them to be passed. But one patient's story prompted Wardinger... Uh, to look at roller coasters more seriously, the patient told Wardinger he rode Big Thunder Mountain Railroad inside Disney World's Magic Kingdom three times in an hour and passed a stone shortly after each ride. Oh shortly after God. each. So he nah, not only dude. rode Big Thunder Mountain three times in an hour, but passed three kidney stones three times in an hour. Right. Like, if I had one kidney stone, I'd still be at home. Oh my would God. not be right
1: yeah, this guy's crazy. They <laughs>
0: look like little balls of needles. So just in case you don't know what they no, look I, like. They i, are. I literally I seen like one.
1: Little balls
4: yeah, of they're needles. balls of hurt. Uh,
0: so Warninger decided to test it himself. Alongside then-urology resident Mark Mitchell, Warninger visited Disney in 2008. He and Mitchell rode roller coasters with a, get this, with a backpack loaded with a 3D model of a kidney between them. <laughs> What? <laughs> a 3D model of a kidney sitting uh, in a backpack. Testing nearly 200 stones of different shapes and size, uh, the pair found Big Thunder Mountain's particularly effective. So, what? I mean, I don't understand how they tested this, but that's pretty interesting. They found nearly 70 percent of kidney stones were primed for passage when riding in the rear car. In the rear car specifically at Big Thunder Mountain, other carts on the ride weren't nearly as successful. The pair also tested Space Mountain and Aerosmith's Rockin' Roller Coaster. <laughs> Which failed, <laughs> which failed to replicate Big Thunder Mountain's success. Rough riding coasters with quick turns are most likely to help stones move along, this guy says. Anyone looking to try, this method should avoid coasters with inverted loops or upside-down movement, which is the uh, Aerosmith Rockin' Rilliger. Um Anyway, that's uh, he says, coasters like Big Thunder won't work for everyone. Much like a person's fingerprint, the inside of a person's kidney has a unique pattern. Huh, interesting. Um, anyway. We're
1: an educational show.
0: There you go. Science and technology combined. Science. Um, there's a rumor that Disney World season passes might become harder to use they're considering blackout periods great oh perfect um yeah so there's a, a some site uh, i don't know what it is reporting that a survey is asking guests with seasonal passes what they would do if a two-month blackout period would follow the opening of new attractions
4: Two so months?
0: new things open and you can't go for two months if you with your annual pass. You can pay like every other schlub, but that's crazy.
2: That's disrespectful.
0: It's presumably gauging to see if seasonal pass holders under that scenario would upgrade their passes, pay regular park admission, or just wait out the two months. I'm trying to milk that stone, man, for blood.
1: Oh, I just like... Oh, oh.
0: You're broken. i speechless. It I, breaks I'm broke you. It broken. broke you.
1: I just cannot believe how much money they're trying Gouging to get. us for and then they're trying yeah. to take things away right
0: <sighs> seasonal passes are a necessary evil at year-round theme parks blah blah <laughs> blah 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 blah, blah. Uh, the passes also shift traffic away from peak travel periods when disney parks sometimes hit their capacity limits something was at the heart of the theme park giants controversial shift to tier-based pricing at disneyland i think they did that right yeah um anyway so that would be uh you disney world people you might be in for a world of hurt in a couple months who knows and then, last but not least, I did want to show you guys this short video on the new Tower of Terror redesign, which was uh, originally um, shared on the Disney blog. Um, <clears throat> I think it kind... Well, I want to show you what it is, and then uh, I want your opinion on it. So there's audio for you, you podcasters. But if you want to check it out, just Google "Collector's Fortress Transformation" or whatever. It's on the YouTube. Wait, stop it. Why can't you go large screen, please? Full screen is unavailable. Great.
4: So the setting... Uh, is a giant warehouse belonging to the Collector. This huge power plant kind of a place that's that's surging with power, rising up into the sky and packed with all of his uh, rare, irreplaceable collections from around the world. This physical model is used as a design tool. It shows the full composition of all of our colors, a lot of elements, Reflective elements, golds and silver accents will be really something beautiful to look at. Some of the the piping and power references come from oil refineries and places like that. Our bright colors and styles that you might even see in comic books. We wanna make sure that it has beauty both day and night. It really has a lot of different sort of design elements that all come together and create what's really a very striking building. It's going to look like a brand new attraction.
0: Because it's going to be. What are your thoughts? Please tell me.
2: It looks like a warehouse. (laughs) The other ride was a warehouse. (laughs) Or not a warehouse, but it had, like, pipes. (laughs) Yeah. Valves and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, good job, Disney. Thanks. The things
1: inside with, like, in the glass case things, Mm -hmm. like the museum part, Mm. that looked cool.
4: Yeah, but those are just drawings.
1: Yeah, that's all I have to say about it, is okay. that looks cool.
4: Terrence. I think it looks amazing. I think it's going to be great. <laughs> I think it looks terrible. I,
1: I think, think it it's lo- going to be great. I think it looks
0: It looks, I agree. It looks. too busy. It looks super busy. Uh, the color schemes are weird. There's a lot of going on. It just looks very busy, and I think it's going to be weird. I don't like it. I think it'll be good. I don't care for it. Right. Um, but I think it will be apparently there's so there they've already had scaffolding up they already have scaffolding up on the outside of this ride yeah
3: when i was there uh, i was in dca on Monday day yeah and i know that they took the lettering down and yeah all the that. signs down But they're in full i don't care mode they had scaffolding yeah. on one whole half of the building
0: and they just don't even and hmm.
3: they were tinkering away and you can hear them doing construction and well, I've heard. I the heard the ride that,
1: is closed. Then, right? No, no, it's, it's still open. Going. Yeah. Yeah,
3: it's so still going. I've heard what until they're still January second.
0: I've heard what they're doing is at night they're running the ride without any effects or any lights on or anything like that. So you can like ride it in the dark. Yeah, pitch black, mm-hmm.
2: oh, which really?
0: is weird. But I mean, to me, that just feels like. What's the point at that? That's point?
2: That's janky. Like they unplug. They're they're taking down the electrical work. Yeah, well, that's
0: that's. But I, th- I think it's a way to still crank people through while being able to work on the ride. They
2: also have.
0: A, you know what I mean? It's like to yeah. be able to upgrade all the effects to take out to strip the effects down or work backstage, but still keep people moving through the ride, which is kind of cheap so to be I, honest with you. I was
2: in the park the weekend of September eighteenth. Okay, seventeenth, eighteenth, and they hadn't started any of that yet. Like it still had. I took a picture in front of it. Still said "Tower of Hollywood Tower of Terror." Everything was normal, um, but they they are selling merchandise. In you know when you walk out and you walk into the the gift shop, yeah, like, you can get the uh, check, official checkout date mm-hmm. magnet oh, yeah, and then the it, last oh, last the oh, checkout. Like they're they're merchandising the they're, end. They're the
0: cranking end. out merch. Yeah. yeah.
2: How weird.
0: Well, that's also um, another yeah, but reason. I
2: totally bought the magnet.
0: Of course you did. And I also Sucker. bought a little
2: door, like, do not disturb thing that said Hollywood mm-hmm. Tower yeah. Hotel because I was like, well, it's going to be gone. It's going
0: to be gone. You can sell
2: it on eBay I mean, in, like, 20 years.
0: You can find it at the one in Florida. The
2: special, or the one, our special store. I don't know what that means. <laughs> staff store.
0: Oh, yeah, the, yeah maybe. Um, but I don't know. I, th- I think it's just kind of like, I don't know, whatever. I mean, I guess it's cool because you don't want to close another ride down and have people even more upset than they are already, but it, it's still like, I think it's, sure, you can come on. The the the, the lights aren't going to come on. but
1: janky. That would right. scare me even more. I would feel yeah, like it was right. broken more than I already feel like the ride's broken.
0: Like, <laughs> True. Do they True unplug that. the
1: right plug? Right. Like, ugh, I don't like it. I
0: know, right? That'd be scary. Okay, let's get out of here. What yeah. do you think?
1: And I think we're ready.
0: We're going to do a fact of the show and get out of here. No Terrence thinks, huh? No, uh, I can't. I can't it. think. Uh, yeah, I know. Um... Here's the fact of the show. Well Winnie the Pooh might not look that popular, you know, when you go wait in the line for Winnie the Pooh, there is no line. You yeah. just walk right on to the thing. Uh, it actually has it gets more riders through the attraction daily than Peter Pan. Wow. Oh wow. Considering okay. a forty-minute yeah. wait for Peter Pan and zero-minute so wait for, uh, interesting. Yeah, and apparently it's just due to the amount of seats and the amount of car ride cars that you're able to crank through that ride.
1: There are three. There's three rows in yeah. each car on that one.
0: That's why. Interesting. So it, you can you it 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 brings more people through than Peter Pan does.
1: It's kind of a cute ride. I kind of like it. I like. I it. like it too.
0: It's fine. It, it kind of
1: bounces funny and. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: It's, it's decent. I like it.
0: All right, we're going to leave now. Everyone, thank you very much for listening to the program. Um, befriend us on Facebook and Twitter and stuff. Oh, you know what we should talk about real fast? Sure. No, never mind. <laughs> I was going to talk about the 100th episode because this show will post before the other one, but it's fine. doesn't matter. All right, anyway, until uh, next time, everyone, see you in the parks. Parents just told me I, uh, we already talked about it. At we talked about the beginning of the show. Of this show. Of not. this show. I'm not the first show. What's? I'm, why am I dumb?
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm. I'm just finishing the show, asking why <laughs> I'm so dumb. I thought it was done. All
4: right.
0: Well, then, look. Forget the whole last minute. The show ever happened. Goodbye, uh, Goodbye, folks. I almost said fellas, but then we have whatever. I'm done.